Welcome in, coming to you from the concurrent media studio in the heart of Citrus County. However you're making this part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, through the concurrent mobile app or website, I am sure glad you're joining. I had a great week. I hope you did too. No county commission meeting today or next week. Uh, They will have one on November 7th, which is set to be uh, the current administrator, Randy Oliver's last meeting before the handoff to the newly hired administrator, Howard. I had the chance to meet administrator Howard this weekend. I'll be it briefly, uh, but there is no question the current commission found the right guy for the job. The self-congratulating, the outward positive remarks toward each other, I'm usually the first to say it can all get a little cringy, but no kidding, this guy is sharp, he is motivated, committed, he's practically already working without pay, even on weekends right now. It's uh, simply incredible. Good job, BOCC. Also this weekend, I had a chance to talk with some of you who have been going back and listening to quite a few of these episodes. Uh, Someone said, on that last one, you sounded tired. And then after a pause said, But I know why, and I understand. Yes, adjusting to newborn life has been uh, about as wonderful as it has been exhausting. Uh, Evie is 15 days old today, but I'm so fortunate for so many things. One of them is certainly all of you who stick with me even when the voice gets hoarse and the topics run long. Because I want to keep it fresh Today, after a tired performance last week, I'm going to switch it up. Instead of doing two topics, I'm going to spend uh, the entirety of the show, about eight minutes, on just one topic because it has much to do with the Chronicle's current coverage, which is usually the second topic of the show anyway. Uh, So with that, let's start in the middle, getting to topic one. But first, I've heard from some people how asking how they can help support the podcast. Uh, the first thing you can do is tell your friends, as you have been doing, share it on social media. Next thing would be to click subscribe on whatever platform you listen from, Apple Podcasts, for example. If you're feeling really generous, drop a rating based on whatever value you get from the show. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Let's start here. I teach media ethics at the University of Tampa. I currently have two sections of the course, and we're about halfway through the semester. Uh, it's a wide-ranging topic course, generalist topics. doesn't delve into specifics too deeply on any one issue. But at the core of nearly every issue is a discussion of free speech. How could it not be? I think that critical thinking is the most misunderstood concept in uh, education. I really do. But then that would make free speech the most misunderstood concept in, in the public. So to understand it better, you have to be introduced to two concepts that you may not have heard from before, and that both that center around the word tolerance. This is made a little more complicated because each of these two concepts has two different names. Uh, And I want to make this as a complete explanation as possible, so I'm going to give you all four. The two competing tolerances to describe free speech started as being called pure tolerance and repressive tolerance. Pure tolerance allowed for free speech absolutism, as we might think of it today under the First Amendment. 
repressive tolerance advocated for the suppression of certain ideas, even to the point of censorship. In 1965, three academics, all openly Marxist in their beliefs, published a book called A Critique of Pure Tolerance, uh, which did exactly what the title suggests. It said that pure tolerance, the pure acceptance of free speech, was no longer acceptable and that censorship of some ideas was the only way to progress. Even in an academic world, this book was met with reactions from dismissiveness to disbelief. A popular sociologist at the time, Nathan Glazier, who also taught at Harvard and Berkeley of all places, widely seen as the most liberal college in America, uh, Professor Glazer called this book peculiar. Others said it was disturbing. One even compared its leather bounding uh, similar to the thoughts of Chairman Mao. But one of these three academics calling for the critique of pure uh, tolerance, Herbert Marcuse, was able to find more mainstream success. Instead of using traditional terms of pure and repressive tolerances, which made pure sound like the good root and repressive sound like bad ideology, even though it was the one that he agreed with, he came up with new terms to tilt the scales. He now called these competing ideas indiscriminate tolerance for free speech and liberating tolerance for censorship. The contradiction between how the suppression of some ideas can be described as liberating probably sticks out to some of you. And Marcuse described this as liberating ideas because the suppression of the politically and economically strong is the reversal of their power allowing these smaller minority ideas to come through. So the censorship of the strong is the liberating of the weak. As I said, it's very Marxist ideology. Uh, but Marcuse found more mainstream success with this new idea of promoting liberating tolerances, and it was used on college campuses uh, in the 1960s and 70s for things like uh, gay students disrupting lectures of professors who believed that homosexuality was a mental illness to the point where they'd have to cancel class. And you still see this today. Any college campus that brings a provocative speaker in, uh, you will have students, primarily on the ideological left, who seek to be so disruptive uh, to shut it down. Now, that was Marcuse's liberating tolerance. I fully believe in indiscriminate tolerance, which is the more traditional view of free speech absolutism. And if you're listening to my show, honestly, I, I my guess is that you do too. But... What does life in an indiscriminately tolerant, in a pure tolerant society look like? Well, recently nationwide, it has looked a lot like the uh, artist Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, saying that he's going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. And more locally, it has looked like Inverness City Council candidate John Labriola uh, accusing Democrats of bringing moral degradation. Um, and then as reported today in uh, the Chronicle, him suing Miami-Dade County for his job back following his termination because of a blog post that he wrote. Are these two examples of life being in a Marxist liberating tolerance society? Because they sound a lot like censorship. And if you asked Ye or Labriola, they would undoubtedly say yes, they are being censored. Kanye is currently trying to buy the right-wing social platform Parler as an outlet for 
his continued speech against Jewish people. And the Chronicle story today quotes the Labriola lawsuit in saying that he wants, quote, uh, or immunity, excuse me, from, quote, any other further exercise of his First Amendment rights of freedom of speech and the freedom to exercise his religion, end quote. I'll admit, it's hard not to sympathize with that sentiment. First Amendment rights are foundationally American, and we should fight to preserve them. But this, this is a misunderstanding of what free speech is. The concept of free speech absolutism, whether you call it pure tolerance, whether you call it indiscriminate tolerance, always places emphasis on the origin of ideas, never on the reception. Now, what does that mean? It means that everything is allowed to be said where it originates, but once it is said, it, the same protections does not extend to everything being treated equally, how it's received, the reception. And these are ideas that true conservatives can embrace. Everything from uh, gets an equal opportunity to enter the public sphere, but once there, everything is not treated equally. This is essentially our beliefs on how we create a productive workforce in the aggregate. Equal opportunity is always better than equal outcome. And that's not the only economic similarity that pure tolerance, that free speech absolutism has. There is this other idea of the free market, but instead of thinking of an economic free market, think of the free marketplace of ideas. Just as in any free market, uh, effectively, efficiently functioning, some things rise to the top, other things never make it uh, further into the market, and it's determined by the value that they provide. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it has to appeal to a majority or even the most amount of people. You can have niche market products just as you can have minority views that people still value enough to keep them around. But it does mean this. It does mean that some ideas aren't going to make it because the will of the people force it not to make it, even in a free speech culture. Distinguishing what is the will of the people moving past certain ideas because they provide little to no value to society, as in pure tolerance, and distinguishing between that and outright censorship, as outlined today in repressive tolerance, is not an easy task. This stuff is hard. Adidas pulled their corporate sponsorship of Kanye today, a move that some analysts say will cost them up to $10 billion dollars. Is this the marketplace of ideas making a strong stand to move past it? Or is this a single corporate entity practicing censorship of one man for his, uh, for his beliefs? That's the debate. And this is a complicated topic with a lot of different directions to take it. Is the Chronicle targeting Labriola? Or are they giving him too much attention and the overexposure, the excessive attention they're giving him, uh, can actually be harmful to the community at large. This is a reason why I've recently only joined this conversation, this fear of overexposure. Um, both of these are legitimate questions. Both of these might be addressed on next week's show. But let me wrap it up here for the day because I went longer than my eight minutes. I'm not a lawyer. 
I'm not a constitutional scholar. I have no idea if Labriola's blog post was the cause for his termination from a public job where First Amendment protections do stretch a little further. I have no idea if that violated the law or not. I'm an ethics professor. So what I can tell you is his definition of free speech, this idea that his views must be treated on equal ground as everyone else's free of consequence, is not consistent with even the most absolute form of free speech philosophy. We're supposed to decide as a society what sticks around and what doesn't. Conservative principles of the free market and equal opportunity live in free speech, but freedom from consequence does not. That's all from The Bobby Winsler Show. Follow The Concurrent on social media for the latest updates. We'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social, The Concurrent Facebook, Twitter. Go to The Concurrent website. Post it on the discussion boards. Uh, the Bobby Winsler Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio, The Concurrent website, mobile app. Thank you so much for joining